But once you can get your hands on data and figure out how to really harness it, everything takes off from there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ecom Growth Show. Let's go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ecom Growth Show. I'm super excited today because today we have uh, Emily McGuire with us who specializes in email marketing and, and doing email campaigns. A little fun fact, she's generated over $80 million for her clients uh, just through email. So really excited to uh, see what we can learn from you today. Welcome to the show. Thanks. So excited to be here. And I love to have uh, an audience to yap my Yap, yak on, yak about. I don't know. Just geek about email. Perfect. Well, I know I'm I'm eager to learn, and I'm sure everybody else listening is as well. So, um, why don't why don't we start by you, uh, just telling us a little bit about your personal life, the work you do, and uh, why it's meaningful to you. Yeah. So, uh, so I live in Michigan, which you went over, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I live here with my husband and four-year-old. My son just turned four, which is crazy. And I run my own um, email marketing and automation boutique out of my home, like everybody else right now, right? Everybody's working <laughs> from home. So uh, I got into email like a lot of people I've met in the profession where I started a social media job for a brand in-house. And they were like, oh, you do computer things. <laughs> you want to do this other computer thing, <laughs> email? <laughs> and I love to learn. So I was like, absolutely. I want to dig into something new and different and uh, discovered that I liked it way more than social media. Wow. And um, I like it because uh, it has the power to... Uh, do email sequences, which mm-hmm. is basically like just a very long or a long form conversation through email, right? Mm-hmm. And it has that uh, power of building relationships in that way and delivering that sort of one to one personalized content. And so I fell in love with it and um, then moved on to another e commerce company. So the, the first company was they were like a specialty food gift kind of uh, store okay at a store and e-commerce so they had the brick and mortar fun which is a whole other yeah beast <laughs> brick and mortar and e-commerce oh lord yeah um uh, so then i moved on to another e-commerce company uh that uh very a very large e-commerce company where i worked on a team of email marketers that's all we did was oh, wow. email And yeah, and I learned so much through these people who had originally been catalog marketer and CAG, the company for like four years and more into an e-commerce company. And so it was this really rich um, experience of learning really time-tested strategies of direct marketing, Mm -hmm. as well as I got to uh, sort of bring them up to speed into new digital marketing tactics and trends. And, and it was so much fun uh, to learn from them and test like crazy, tested everything and um, learned so much from testing. And, um, and then, so that was in North Carolina. I was living in North Carolina at the time. And then I had my son and we decided to move back to Michigan where our family was and, 
is, they still are here, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> and um, was looking around for another email marketing job. And because um, I only wanted to do email, I've been the generalist, you know, mm-hmm. and of course, now I'm an entrepreneur. And so I'm a generalist on a lot of things now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't quite get out of that. But I love email and I only wanted to focus on that and didn't find the right fit. So I just made my own job. That's and awesome. now we're here. That's yeah. super awesome. I, I really resonated with um, <laughs> you said like, well, the company you're working for said, well, you do this on the Internet. You do social media. How about doing this? And I feel like when I'm trying to explain what I do to people who aren't like in the industry, they just put mm-hmm. everything that they've experienced on the Internet like and they associate it with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And especially too, when I mentioned anything about marketing, I found that some people will like they'll just like pin me down for something totally unrelated, like a a, a weird experience they had on the internet and they think I'm responsible. And it's just like everything that happens on the internet is all like just compiled into one thing. So that's super funny. (laughs) But in your case, it ended up being a really positive thing where it actually led you into email marketing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I get that too. Like, oh, you know, internet. (laughs) (laughs) I saw this internet thing. (laughs) You know, internet. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that happens with email too. Like people, when I tell people, I mean, half the time people don't understand what email marketing is and never heard of it. And the other time they're like, oh, um, I've got this email problem with sending my emails to my coworkers. Can you help? And it's like, that's not. (laughs) But sure, we'll talk about it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I definitely want to ask some specific questions about email marketing. But uh, really quick, can I just ask you, what are like some of the biggest mistakes that you see uh, taking place in the email marketing world? Yeah. um, I mean, how long do we have? (laughs) <laughs> uh, no. So some of the most common mistakes I see people make is, um, is well, one, so this goes without saying most of the time, but I still have these conversations. So I still bring it up, which is making sure that people gave you permission to mm. email them. Um, you know, in, in the United States, it's not illegal to email somebody who hasn't given you permission. Um, but GDPR um, in the EU, right? Like it applies to EU citizens, no matter where they are in the world. Mm-hmm. And that permission-based marketing is, you know, just staying compliant with that. And it's just good relationship building, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody wants to be solicited to, well, very few people <laughs> want to be solicited to uh, by somebody they've never heard from. So mm-hmm. again, that's a given most of the time, but sometimes it needs to be said. Um, the other thing is people just dumping somebody on their email list without welcoming them or warming Mm. them up. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, it's like joining a conversation halfway through it when you start getting emails from people and you're just like, I, I don't know what's happening right now. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like they have some promotion that they're working on, um, and assume that, you know, just because you joined the email list right now means that you you'll get up to speed, right? Mm-hmm. So, having that like a welcome series um, is really beneficial to introducing your brand, getting the right products and services in front of them um, for for newbies, um, and it can be super targeted and helpful. You- and then the third one is not having clearly defined goals for your email marketing, mm. um, which you know. I run into this no matter what size the company 
you know, from solopreneurs to enterprise level companies, when they tell me, you know, my emails aren't doing well, what am I doing wrong? My first question is always, well, what are goals? Um, And how are you measuring those goals? Mm -hmm. And often there isn't an answer. So how do you know if your emails are working or aren't if you don't have clearly outlined goals for them? Um, And that's like establishing that base will help you move in the right direction every time. Dang, that's awesome. Um, So you said uh, you you definitely want to bring people on with sort of a warm up series, a welcome series. When you're thinking about building that out for somebody, do you have like a rule of thumb in terms of how many days you take to warm somebody up before they just start getting um, regular email campaigns, all the promotions, everything like that? Or how do you start to unpack what that welcome series should look like? Yeah, so it depends on, I mean, like everything, it depends on your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also largely depends on um, the length of your your customer sales cycle. And that tends to be longer, the more higher end items you are selling. So, right. Like it takes Mm -hmm. somebody a a little bit longer to make a decision to buy a a $900 product Mm -hmm. than it would a a $20 product. Right. Um, That is a longer buying decision cycle. Um, So the, the more expensive it is, the longer I would recommend warming people up. Because again, it's a bigger decision. It takes them longer to decide and you want to help them decide, right? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the first place to start. Um, And then it's just a matter of, you know, what your brand voice is, Mm -hmm. um, who your customers are, how how long they stay on your list, Mm -hmm. um, and what it is you have to offer them and the type of content you have to offer them. Often it's great to just get it going and started, right? Just -hmm. just having one as opposed to not having one is 10 times better. Um, And that gives you a really great base to see okay, what are people responding to? What aren't they? And how do we refine mm-hmm. and build out from there? That's awesome. And then you mentioned having uh, clearly defined goals. In email marketing, what are some of the most common goals that you see? Like if, if somebody isn't familiar with setting goals for what they're doing with their list, um, how would you get them thinking in the right direction? Yeah. So often, I mean, the really cool thing about email is that with most most email service providers, if you have it set up correctly, you can see um, the uh, how many orders and revenue were generated per email. Mm-hmm. So often, what people people might have a revenue goal, right, mm-hmm. uh, for specific email campaigns. Or, you know, what email should be producing over a certain period of time. Um, that's the most common one um, because it is the most visible one. Yeah. But the trap you get in there is once you start seeing email roll or money rolling in from email, um, the more emails you send, the more money you will see mm-hmm. coming in from emails, right? Um, right. But the thing that people don't often look at is the churn from their email list mm-hmm. um, is uh, accelerates once you start 
um, sending more emails. So you start losing people more often. Mm -hmm. So then you have to start chasing more email subscribers. So it becomes this, this hamster wheel you're running on trying to replace unsubscribed email subscribers. Um, uh, for every dollar that you're earning, exact essentially, um, so so that's sort of the trap you can fall in when you start mm-hmm. looking at only revenue. Um, the best way to measure goals is to look at um, customer lifetime value, but that can but not everybody has that kind of data, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to see, you know, based on customers who have a really high volume or high value how are they interacting with emails, mm-hmm. right? Like how many are they receiving? How many are they getting before they purchase or unsubscribe? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, not everybody has that data. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so is, is there like, are you, are you mainly getting this data through something like uh Clavio? Or are you guys going in depth um, and using like a service like Hyros, which is a, you know, a big attribution tool to really track LTV or what is your preferred setup for being able to track some of that? Yeah, I mean, um, so if you've got a really good Google Analytics person, you can track through a Google Data Studio. Um, and but most of the time, most smaller companies will have won't have those kind of mm. resources, right? They haven't invested in it yet. Um, but once you can get your hands on data and figure out how to really harness it, everything takes off from there because then you can really start drilling down into it. Um, but yeah, most of the time I see people working in like Google Analytics or data, uh, Google Data Studio because you can hook everything up that way too. That's awesome. And then when you kind of look out across um, the industry as a whole and you maybe you're subscribed to a few uh, stores that you like and shop with, do you see anything that um, people are doing well that you want to like reinforce and encourage people to continue doing? Um, what like what are some of the the things that you see most people are are doing good? Yeah, so there are. Um, I really love brands who have fun with their emails, um, which they you know they get their audience essentially right. Um, I also see a lot of people who. Uh, treat email like it's an old school paper newsletter and they're just sort of like cramming as much information in it as possible, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, is not a really great user experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are some brands out there who keep it concise. They keep it light um, and they have fun while promoting their products and services. So, um, uh, there's that company, they're the company Bando. They um, they make like planners and paper crafts and kind of mm-hmm. things like that, some clothing things. They always have a really great time uh, in their emails. Um, and then there are also the, um, they call them bro retail, bro tailors. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shinesty. Have you seen um, any of their emails? No, I might have to go check it out though. They are so, they're always hilarious and fun. Um, and yeah, the copy is always super clever and they, they play around with their subject lines and then also the sender names okay. of their emails to play off of the content in it. And it's always super clever and great. That's awesome. I think those are some of my favorites is when it's actually just feels 
fun and and humorous. I really like um, when people have a good sense of humor in their email marketing. And I, t- I those are the ones that I tend to click on and open. And I actually end up, it, it creates a customer out of me <laughs> because eventually right. I've enjoyed it so much that I, I want to buy. So I really like emails that are, um, like you said, just fun. Maybe they're funny. And then if I am, if I'm getting to the point where I'm becoming like a pretty, so take, for example, like Lululemon, I, I like Lululemon clothes. If I am like interested in, in buying something, um, just the really visual emails, sometimes those work well on me. I don't know. I'd be curious to see what, uh, you know, some of the overall statistics are on like an email that's very, um, graphics based, you know, tons of product images, but sometimes when I'm like really warm, that's just what I want to see. And I'm almost shopping from the email. But then, you know, prior to that, I'm typically more so enjoying like the fun subject lines or the humorous uh, email copy and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of testing around that of uh, uh, images versus um, just straight text and um, results vary so widely. And I mm-hmm. think it depends on your brand. It depends on your offer. Um, and, and this is even within the same like business, right? Like mm-hmm. very visual emails versus just stripped down text. Sometimes the text won, sometimes the visuals won. And so I think it's also a great idea to just switch up the layout of your emails too, just to keep them fresh yeah. and fun. Are you always trying to put like some type of call to action in your emails? Always. Yes. Okay. Always. Every time. And, and I get like, some people get really anxious about doing that uh, because mm-hmm. unfortunately email, email has a, can have a really bad name because so many mm-hmm. people do it so poorly. Right. <laughs> There's so many really good examples of how not to do it. Um, <laughs> and, but when something's usually done really well, you don't notice it. Right. So mm-hmm. it's easier to point at the bad examples. Um, so anyway, people get really anxious sometimes about putting in a call to action. And um, what I would say is uh, if your subscriber is reading an email, ready to take the next step with your business, your brand, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, making them go hunt down the information on, on how to become a customer is putting more work on them. Yeah. And your job as a marketer um, or as any professional, right, um, is to make a customer's job easier mm-hmm. to become a customer. Uh, mm-hmm. So including a call to action to guide people is um, is going to help your subscriber out just as much as it's going to help you out. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And with what you do at, at your company, do you guys do any type of list building activities? Yeah, I mean, list building is part of any continuous email marketing program. Um, and like, yeah, you just always have to pay attention to it, testing mm-hmm. it, your offers, your sign up forms, whatever uh, it is you're using uh, to see what resonates the best with your your audience. Cool. So, yeah, absolutely. And does that and do you typically do that on the website? Are you doing those through, through paid ads or what's your preferred way to build a list? I know it's probably, you know, dependent on the company. Every company is probably different, but, um, yeah. Do you have certain go-tos that are just like a standard everybody should have? 
Well, I mean, always have an offer, um, you know, always have something to um, offer in exchange for an email address. Mm. Um, you're always going to get more if you do that, whether that's like FOMO uh, in your messaging or a discount, which is most common or a freebie of some kind, or even a piece of content, like a buyer's guide of some sort. Um, Having something in exchange for an email address will always increase it, uh, your likelihood of getting that email address. Uh, And, you know, there are lots of ways to build a list, but having that, um, having that offer is where it starts, Mm -hmm. having a dedicated landing page for that offer, in addition to all the forms is going to help as well. Um, because then you can start driving traffic to that landing page. So that might look like, like you mentioned ads, Mm -hmm. um, to build your list that way. It might look like, um, social media posts. Um, that's something I see people neglect all the time is, um, harnessing just their organic social media presence to build their list. So, um, and just promoting it everywhere. So yeah, you have to drive traffic to that, that offer or, you know, nobody's going to see it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a multi-channel approach. Um, but again, like it depends on your lowest hanging fruit, you mm-hmm. know, where are your people coming from and what's your biggest opportunity? Awesome. Makes sense. That's super awesome. And I think, yeah, my favorite thing about email is I just love seeing how it does increase the LTV of a client that maybe you've already acquired through paid ads. Maybe you've went out and done some different uh, customer acquisition activities and now you have them. They've purchased once and maybe they haven't purchased in a while. There's so much you can do uh, with your email marketing to just get them to continue purchasing, continue adding value to them and increase the LTV. So that's super awesome. Um, the Ecom Girl Show is ready for your growth advice. What advice would you give to online store owners uh, in their email marketing? Just a, 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 a one line, one hitter, just some growth advice. Uh, growth advice is be consistent. Um, mm. And especially for people who are just starting out, just um, be consistent with sending out your emails because the digital Uh, marketing world is a very short attention span. Uh, So you got to keep your audience warm no matter where you're at. Cool. Well, guys, Emily, thank you so much for hopping on the Ecom Girl Show today. If you guys want to continue learning from Emily, uh, you you can hit the link below and you can go download her Boost Your Email Open Rates Action Guide for free and she'll continue to add value into your lives and maybe, who knows, maybe she can help you out with your uh, email marketing as well. But again, Emily, thank you so much for hopping on and uh, sharing some knowledge with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners? Is that the best place for them to get a hold of you? Or uh, this is your chance to give yourself a little plug and uh, make sure people can find you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hop on my email list uh, and download the action guide. It's where I share my juiciest bits of info. And I also hang out a lot on LinkedIn. So come find me on LinkedIn. And I also I post almost daily about all of my ramblings about email marketing. Awesome. Cool, guys. Well, if you enjoyed today, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you next time.